to Cavangast. It is early in the morning, I am sat in my van, I'm having a real good time, just because I can. Yeah. Damn, I have just woken up, and I can freestyle. That must be what Eminem feels like. Good morning, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are doing well. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. If you are new for the first time, hello. Nice to have you here. That's a little pun I like to make from time to time. Get used to it, because it doesn't get any better. How this podcast works is I use a random word generator to generate five random words and then I just talk about them, whatever comes to mind, whatever I think might be fun. Basically like those conversations you used to have with a mate at a sleepover at like 1am when you're both kind of supposed to be asleep and you're just, you're, you're talking real quiet and you don't really know what you're talking about. Sometimes it's deep, sometimes it's not and you just, you're just talking man and you go off on all these tangents and you're talking about life, the universe and everything but then also like sheep and like different chocolate bars, the origins of certain fish, you know, the real stuff. Because it's the morning, you might hear a pigeon doing its do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But that's a darn sight better than what has been happening all around me this whole weekend, because I totally forgot it's been a bank holiday weekend in England um, so everybody's been out and busy and doing things and having a wonderful time and you know making noise and having a, a lovely day out and making noise and spending time with family and friends and making noise so, it was just one of those times where everywhere I seemed to go, um, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't film anything, I couldn't find anywhere quiet. So here we are, early on bank holiday morning, where I am using it to my advantage, because no one's going to work. So it's quiet now, haha, <laughs> I have turned the system on its head. Oh, how the turntables. I actually looked it up a while ago. Whether bank holidays are to do with the bank, or whether it was just one of those random things that is nothing to do with what it's called. And firstly, it's not just England. It's, it's England, Scotland and Wales. Britain. And they were introduced by a man named Sir John Lubbock, in 1871, um, he was a writer. He was a banker, but he was a writer as well. Apparently he tried to teach his poodle how to read, which sounds like something the guy who would want an extra day off would do. <laughs> I think we should have a, an extra day off at certain points throughout the year. Why? Why, Sir John Lubbock? Because... My dog 
is sick. Oh no, is he ill? No, he's sick, like he knows how to read. He's a sick dog, man. But John, we're not going to use sick to describe something being really cool and good for at least another hundred years. Damn it, man. This is important. Just give us the days off. I think because uh, banks were way more... I mean, they're quite vital now, but they were... I think they were, they were, they were, they were way more integral to daily society back then, like the actual banks, not just like online banking. Ha 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 ha. Um... So in yeah in eighteen seventy one he drafted the bank holiday bill. Oh, so this is interesting. So apparently, um, before Lubbock was doing his thing, so the bank actually used to take a load of holidays beforehand anyway, for all the different events throughout the year. Um, it used to be about forty. They take about forty days off throughout the year, and then it was halved, I think, pretty much in eighteen thirty, and then in eighteen thirty-four, they brought it down to just four. So they had the banks had four days off a year, which I imagine was like Christmas and maybe Easter. I think Lubbock was a bit like, oh, this we're gonna we're gonna make sure that they don't take these away as well. So in 1871, uh, he drafted the bill, made sure the banks could have them, and uh, and all of us apparently as well, and was like, also legally you can make any day a bank holiday if you want to, really for any reason. Yes, yes. And somehow that got passed. I don't know how that got passed. We can, you can have a day off for any reason. The dog ate my homework. <gasps> a dog, you say? Bank holiday. I will hear nothing more of it. Everybody gets a day off. Okay, enough of the banks. We've got some fun words for today. It's very early in the morning. I've woken up. And we're going to see where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. And the first word is hose. And I don't mean like hose. I mean like hose. Like garden hose. And I don't mean very sexually active gnomes either. No, I mean garden hose as in a hose that sprays water. A hose that is a pipe that is attached to a house normally or some sort of water source that is then uh, used to spray water over plants or the ground or to fill a swimming pool, whatever is necessary, really. I used to, right, okay, so I saw a video the other day of a kid of about seven, maybe younger, doing a double backflip on a scooter. Just take that in for a second. A child below 10 doing a double backflip on a ramp on a scooter. Even the pigeons impressed. When I was that age, I would stand in my nan's garden 
I would spray a jet of water up into the air with a hose and try and catch it in my mouth multiple times for hours on end. Can you imagine what I would be if I put that energy and that focus of getting water into my mouth with a hose into something like scootering? I'd definitely be doing triples by now. I don't know if it's kids today just being way more talented. I think I think it partly is. Part, I, I think it's to do with the fact that everybody, because, you know, TikTok is such a massive thing. Everything is recorded. Everything is videoed um, and available for anyone to see at any time. Because kids are seeing it, and, well, not just kids, but everybody, but kids specifically, and, you know, they absorb stuff like sponges. They know that it's doable. They know that these things are possible. And so that little extra limitation, I say little, knowing something is possible is a big limitation to be taken off. So I think if, you know, if, if a kid has in his head, oh, yeah, that's people do that, so I'm going to do that, it's... You know, I think it speeds up the process a bit and takes away that thing of like, how many people can do this? Is it doable? Is it really achievable? Is it really hard? Can five people do it? Can one person do it? Can a thousand people do it? But now those questions have been answered. So, little Tommy doing his double backflip I hate him, basically. That's 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 what I've made this podcast to say. I hate children. <laughs> um, I don't hate children at all. Just the ones that are more talented than me. I, I mean, I used to have a lot of fun playing with a hose in the back garden. Um, I find watering plants to be very therapeutic as well. A lot of these things that I thought, I'm like, I'm like already 70, I swear to God. All the things like that, that I used to find very boring as a child, I'm now like, oh, therapy. It's like, like, if you can turn anything into therapy, you're having a good time. No, you're not having a good time, you're having a bad time. If you feel like you have to turn everything into therapy. It's like, oh, I can't afford sessions, so I'm just going to have to water the plants instead and get get something out of it there. (laughs) Oh, the grass is looking a bit yellow, and the rose bush is drooping a bit. Sweet. That is my emotional outlet for the week. Yeah, watering, watering stuff with hoses, gardening, all that kind of stuff can be very therapeutic if you allow it to be. Okay, this is where my mind is going in the morning. There's a weird part of me that, this is like the part of me that watched Jackass when I was a kid that's still bubbling around in somewhere. My inner, it's, it's the part of my inner child that is like an absolute idiot. Um, I kind of want to be like just annihilated by a fireman's hose. Like to just, I mean, I imagine it would hurt a lot. It would probably, I don't know if I'd end up in hospital or not, but um, this, the sheer intensity of being blasted with that much water 
because they're powerful, man. They have a lot of pressure, but I'm used to dealing with pressure in my life, so that's fine. I work well under pressure, so attack me with the hose. I can handle it. I just I searched on Google to see what happens when you Google hose, and one of the commonly asked questions is, "What is a female hose called?" Like it's a snake. What's wrong with people? Like what? What? What is wrong with people? I mean, I imagine like okay, so there's like, there's like hose fittings. You know, like cable fittings, and you have male and female like inputs and outputs. You have like male and female connectors, but they say that. Not what's a female hose called? A hosette. I used to love seeing these videos of um. Ah, oh, no, I don't think it was hoses. I think it was showers. Huh? Showers are technically hoses. Didn't think about that. Anyway, um, where the the pressure of the the hose makes it seem like it's like a live wild animal, like a snake going absolutely crazy. That's funny. I have nothing else to say about hose, so I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> I don't know what else I could say about hose. The the these sentences are just I can't get that. Other, I just I I can't get these holes out of my head. You know what I mean? These holes ain't loyal. The next word is cherry. So I I am a cherry guy. I quite like a cherry. I do know a couple of things about cherries. There are over five hundred varieties of uh, sweet cherries. And basically, you have sweet cherries and you have tart cherries. So sweet cherries make you go, mm, and tart cherries make you go, <laughs> exactly like that. Those exact sounds. So yeah. So yeah, there's over 500 varieties of sweet cherries, and I think it's about the same for tart one as well. And I think it's about the same for tart ones as well. So there's, you know, nearly a thousand. If you can do your maths, there's nearly a thousand varieties of cherry. But, but they don't use that many of them. Like, they don't sell that many. I think it's like 20, 20 varieties or something like that that are actually used. And I... Really, I, maraschino cherries confused me because I, I I didn't I thought they grew, but I was wondering how you can get a cherry that grows like it tastes like a candy. I was like, oh, what's the science behind this? Ten year old me, and um, I actually there was a precursor to this because I didn't even know what the cherry was called, but. I watched Grease a lot when I was a kid. You know, Grease is the word, is the word, that one. Um, and there's a scene in Grease at the high school dance where Vince Fontaine, the host of the TV channel that covers the school dance, is flirting with Marty, one of the pink ladies, one of the, one of the goyles, which now I think about it is... Very dodgy. Very dodgy. There's probably a lot in that film that's very dodgy. 
But um, he asks her name and she says, it's Marty. And he says, Marty what? And she goes, maraschino, you know, like in cherry. And I never knew what, I was like, what, what? I thought Cherry was a TV show and there was a character called something maraschino in Cherry. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So when I found out what a maraschino cherry was, and I I don't know how common this knowledge actually is. Maybe everybody knows what a maraschino cherry is, but I didn't. Um, All right, the pigeon does. Fine. Good for you, buddy. For those that don't know, it's like it's like it's a really, really sweet cherry. If you've ever had like a, a cherry bake well, um, or really any kind of cherry that has is like the cherry on top, like the cherry on a cake. It's that yeah, it's the famous cherry on top of the cake is usually nine out of ten times a maraschino cherry. Very sweet. It kind of it doesn't it really even taste like a cherry. So now I knew this was called a maraschino cherry, I got to wondering why you know, this was the next piece of the puzzle I needed to find out why, um, why they tasted the way they do. Turns out, the original maraschino cherry was a, it's called a marasca cherry. It's either marasca or marasha, but it was, um, it was made, it was put in brine and just left to, I think it was, it was made with ocean water. Um, and then they made a liqueur from like the juices of the fruit of the cherry that came out. And they, they mixed it with a load of stuff, and um, that's where you got that like really sweet kind of liqueur taste from. But obviously, it probably wasn't as, as sweet as it is now. Um, but back in the day, it was. But it's only like a hundred years old, maybe a little bit more. But because they were so popular. Um, especially in Europe, because they come from Croatia, they there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough to keep up with the demand. Um, and so the production companies that made the maraschino cherries uh, started to, you know, find their ways of supplying the demand. And, you know, they hadn't even got to America yet, so... Jesus, by the time they they got, um, they started shipping them out to America, it was like cheap as hell, it was like flavor extracts, and like the cherries they were using were cheap, um, they'd like soak the cherries in like chemicals that just weren't good for you, and then the FDA got involved, and they were like, what, what the hell are you doing, this isn't, this is barely even a cherry anymore, but because it wasn't killing people, they were like, yeah, it works, tastes good, people aren't dying. FDA were like, okay, that's fine. It's a very, very abridged, paraphrased version of, of how they did things, but yeah, there's a, there's a cool fact about maraschino cherries. The next word is savory. Moving away from sweet things and on to savoury things. Okay, this will make sense. This will make sense of why it's under savoury. But I went into Primark the other day. For anyone who doesn't know, Primark is a um, shopping 
clothing store in the UK. Uh, very cheap, very cheap. Not the best ethically, but incredibly popular. Um, they, I, I walked in there for. I haven't been in there in a long time. I try not to go in there sort of as as much as possible. But I went in there because I needed a t-shirt. Uh, and what I saw blew my mind. So I expected to go in there and see just Stranger Things merch everywhere. That's what I thought I was going to be seeing. You know, Hellfire Club t-shirts from left to right. And just that quintessential red and black. That's what I thought I'd be seeing everywhere. Absolutely not. Not a single piece of Stranger Things merchandise. Do you know what they did have from wall to wall? Greg's merchandise. I was dumbfounded. Greg's t-shirts, Greg's tracksuit bottoms, Greg's dressing gowns, Greg's letterman jackets. Would anyone wear Greg's letterman jackets unironically? Maybe me, if the day was right. Right, I like Greg's, right? I very much like Greg's. I love a sausage roll. Um, Greg's is a baker's in the UK, by the way. They sell sausage rolls and sandwiches and bakes and muffins and, you know, it's just a standard but, like, franchised baker's. It's a British institution. It's very good. To the point where we have a guy who eats it for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. He's quite pale. But to have a whole range of merchandise. Have I missed something? Is there a reason for this? Why? Taste by Greg's. Oh, they're opening the most, the, the biggest and most Instagrammable Greg's the world has ever seen. Inside Primark's impressive flagship store in Birmingham, which is also the largest Primark in the world. I feel like this is an April Fool's. This should be an April Fool's, but it's August. Do you know what? Oh, man, I Apart from the fact that I really want a Greg's now, there's, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance happening in my head right now because my belly's rumbling and I want Greg's, but I'm just against it now. Is this it? Am I getting old now? Greg's and Primark, whatever will they think of next? Rolls Royce and Tesco's? Poppycock. But yeah, I can't deny. I think I'm a, I, I'm a savoury person over a sweet person, I think. I mean, I think that's just because I've got Greg's in my head now. Just a Greg's sausage roll. There's a video of... Who is it? Is it Aaron Paul? Why do I feel like it's Aaron Paul? Trying a Greg's sausage roll for the first time. Yeah, Aaron Paul. It's, it's just a really nice video of Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad trying... A, a Greg sausage roll for the first time and he just has a really good time with it and so he should because they are very good they're a very good time that's my thing to any like Americans Australians Europeans anybody coming over if you um, if you want to try something over here have a Greg sausage roll or a vegan sausage roll they're both good that's my recommendation how in God's name can I have a go at Primark doing stuff with Greg's when I'm sat here going, yeah, do you know what you should do if you come over to the UK for the first time? Have a Greg's sausage roll. 
What have I become? What have I become? I just don't get... I just don't get why... I kind of want a letterman jacket. But you just look like you work in Greg's. Not the letterman jacket, that's kind of cool, but like, if you just wore a t-shirt that just had Greg's on it and, and the logo, you just look like you work in Greg's. Can you imagine hitting up the club just in a Greg's t-shirt? You get about five people going, oh, that's funny, and then other people going, so do you like work at Greg's? That that would be it. There'd be nothing else. No, I bought the shirt from Primark and thought it would be funny. Oh. Okay, have a good night. Bye. <sighs> the next word is toad. And I'm about to blow your mind with something about toads. So you know everybody always asks, Oh, what's the difference between a toad and a frog? They're the same thing. A toad is a frog, technically. Toad is a common name for certain frogs, especially of the family Buffonidae. Or Buffonidae? Buffonidae sounds like a British travel company. Enjoy the most relaxing holidays with Buffonidae doesn't it? So they, toads look different to normal frogs, but then they're not. A distinction between frogs and toads is not made in scientific taxonomy, but it is common in popular culture, in which toads are associated with drier, rougher skin and more terrestrial habitats, like they're not really in water as much. That was astounding to me. I thought that was one of the things that I was, like, safe with, that toads and frogs were different. But no, absolutely not, turns out. How much... What other lies have we been fed? Well, if you're from Britain, a lot of it. And don't want to, uh... Don't want to burst your bubble, but if you... <laughs> what we were taught in history at school, not that accurate, apparently. But uh, anyway, back to toads. Turns out toads aren't aren't so great. Um, well, not the the propaganda surrounding toads is not that great. The, the toad has long been the toad has long been considered to be an animal of ill omen uh, or a connection to the spirit world. What does it say? This may have its origins in the fact that it is at home both on land and in the water. It may cause repugnance because of its drab, wart-like skin, its slow movements, and the way it emerges from some dark hole. Right, that sounds like me coming out of a depressive episode. And I don't feel like I'm a connection to the spirit world. I don't feel like I'm some ill-fated, ill-intended omen. I'm quite nice. I try to be. This is slander. This is this is toad slander. How dare people be so fickle and superficial to call a toad just because of the way it looks mates with the devil? How dare you, unknown, unspecified people of the past? 
Yeah, in Europe in the Middle Ages, the toad was associated with the devil, for whom a coat of arms was invented, emblazoned with three toads. Do you know how much slander there has to be to make it to have a coat of arms made? Saying your mates with the devil. It was known that the toad could poison people, so can humans, as the witch's familiar. Oh yeah, Harry Potter, innit? An owl, a cat, or a toad. Trevor. Yeah, oh, that's where it comes from. Okay, that's cool. It was thought to possess magical powers. Even ordinary people made use of dried toads, their bile, feces, and blood. Mmm. In some areas, the finding of a toad in a house was considered evidence that a witch was present. Oh my god. In, in the Basque country... The familiars were believed to be toads wearing elegant robes. I like the image. It's also a sick bar. Toads. Toads wearing elegant robes. Uh, you want rhymes? Well, I got loads. Moving on. These, uh, these were herded by children who were being trained as witches. What, what was medieval times, man? Between 1610 and 1612, the Spanish inquisitor Alonso de Salazar Frias investigated witchcraft in the region and searched the houses of suspected witches for dressed toads. He found none. What a surprise. There's a lot of normal toads here, but none of them are dressed up. It's like, there's like 20 toads in the kitchen. They're all fine. But if there's any dressed up ones here, there'll be hell to pay. Just see one like little toad dress in the corner that one's trying to like push away underneath like the kitchen counter. Can you imagine walking in on a toad getting changed? I knew it! I knew you were getting dressed. Apparently there's also a myth that licking a toad makes you trip out. I don't know too much about that, but multiple sources were saying it's a myth. So, now that I've blown your mind about toads, I'm going to bring it down to the last word with a nice message, which is spark. And I do love a spark. Because a spark, I mean, a spark is all you need. And it doesn't take much to create a spark at all. But whatever materials are used to make the spark have to be compatible. You know what I mean? And you very quickly find out whether they are or not. And if the materials aren't that compatible, you'd have to try really hard to make a spark out of it. Like if you were trying to make a spark out of carpet and wood, you might have a bit of trouble, but wood and wood, or flint and metal, I think you might be having a great time there. I started thinking about this because recently I watched um, Bear Grylls is the Island, where they uh, put two teams of people on an island and was just like, survive. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Um, but you see two 
the two teams. It was interesting. One was like a, a really wealthy team and one was like a way more working class team. And it was really interesting to see the uh, how they pushed the stereotypes of each one. But anyway, not important. Well, kind of important from a societal point of view, but we're talking about sparks right now. So obviously, if you're on an island trying to survive, you're going to need to make fire. And so they were... I've just realised something. So, if you're on an island to make fire, well, not necessarily on, on an island, but you use tender, not the app, the bit of wood that you use to start the fire is called the tinder. Is that where they... That's where they got the name from. It must be. If not, that is a very serendipitous occasion. But because it's a spark, you use tinder to create a spark. God damn. These people are kind of smart, huh? And um, I've just realized that I've just spent the majority of this podcast recording with my fan open. So if there is any background noise, including the pigeon, I am sorry. I'm very sorry about that. Anyway, back to the revelation at hand. Yeah, Spark, Tinder, that's crazy. But yeah, my point is, and the, the, the point I want to leave you with, is that please please don't spend your time trying to force connections and force sparks even if you really want them to happen if they're not supposed to they won't and even if they do after a load of energy if it takes that much energy just to create the spark you are going to be running marathons to try and keep the momentum of that spark up to try and fuel that fire. By all means, search for the compatibility, but if it's really not there, I would highly recommend not fabricating a spark for the sake of desire for love. I want to this might be a bold claim, but I want to say we're all, or have been all, guilty of it. Um... Maybe sacrificing parts of ourselves that normally we wouldn't for a, for a potential relationship because we are so infatuated with another person. We're like, I, don't, I don't need to tell them about my strange love for eye boogers. I don't, I don't know what. I found an eye booger in me two minutes ago and it was the first thing that came into my head. But you get my point. You get my point. Just keep... Keep searching and you'll find someone who loves eye boogers just as much as you. If it's meant to be, your eye booger love will find its way to you. That is potentially the weirdest end to a podcast yet. And I stand by it. I really hope you're feeling a little bit more chilled than when we first started Hello to anybody new, and for everybody who's been here before, I don't need to apologise, because you, you're you still here for some reason. 
So you clearly, ah, uh, we're all weird, aren't we? Um, these morning episodes are always interesting to see where my mind goes. Um, thank you for listening. If you would like to support this craziness in any way, I would love for you to do it on my Patreon, which is a place that you can, for a very small fee, just support the podcast and help me towards doing this full time, and for now, dedicate as much time to it as possible. It would really help. And if you do subscribe, you get access to a load of bonus episodes and bonus content. Everything's uh, changing around a little bit, so um, have a read when you get on there. But uh, yeah, if you feel like you get something out of it and would like to give back, patreon.com forward slash cavern. Head on over there, and if you're feeling kind, I'd appreciate it. But the main thing I want you to do is to take care of yourself and be kind to yourself and keep that mind as optimistic as possible. Do not deny the negative. Do not deny the darkness. But make sure your boat is pointed towards the light. And with that, I'll speak to you soon. Okay? Okay. Bye.